Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Welcome to my mind. <laughs> that sounds a little weird, but today's little tale is something which many of you may relate to. Perhaps some of you can't relate to it. Others might simply gain valuable insight by remaining comfortably at a distance and watching how this unfolds in my reality, in my life. And that's okay. It's all good. I'm now in the final weeks before setting up some new tanks in my home office, in my newly remodeled home for the first time in, check this out, 18 months. 18 months. That's the longest I've ever went without having a normal-sized aquarium in my life since I was probably, I don't know, 10 years old. I'm brimming over with new and even old ideas, and at least two or three tanks are going to be going up in a fairly short period of time over the next, you know, month or two. It's really exciting for me. In fact, it's probably the most excited I've been in the hobby for years. Doing without my usual tanks has been just agonizing, as anybody that's a hardcore hobbyist can relate to. Like with many of you, aquariums are, excuse me, a huge part of my life and my sanity. I'm stoked to be getting underway again. Among other things, the intention is to create a new variation of my brackish water mangrove habitat, a long-awaited, small, you know, smaller, shallow version of that highly successful botanical-style blackish tank that I created a few years ago. Brackish. I don't want to say blackish. Uh, and of course, whenever there's salt in the equation, my mind begins to sort of wander. Like, even though I'm set up to do a full-blown, high-end coral tank early next year, for some reason, I simply can't hold back against the idea of just, I don't know, going all the way and creating a mangrove-centric marine tank instead of a brackish aquarium. I mean, I've been steadily nudging up the specific gravity to 1.010 in my little temporary mangrove tank, you know, from 1.05. It's getting closer all the time to 1.025, which is, you know, more or less full-strength marine water. It's not that much of a stretch to do that. It can do that over a period of months. And I never did a mangrove for saltwater tank before. It's, it's something I've been craving to do for years. Rather than just having them sort of hanging in the background as supporting players to the corals like I've done in the years past. And of course, the idea was that this time I'd make them the stars with perhaps a few sand-dwelling corals like Ganiopora or maybe Catalophilia, the elegance coral, or Cynarina, meat corals, or maybe a small sarcophyte and a leather coral or some other soft corals. Fishes would likely be some pajama cardinal fish and or captive red mandarin dragonets or something small like gobies and some seagrasses. Not just a reef tank with a mangrove in it, which has been done or at least contemplated by pretty much every reefer who's ever lived. No, this is a true mangrove-focused marine aquarium. Ah, it's tempting. It's too tempting to not do this, Right. So it would be an incredibly biologically rich, diverse, nitrate-accumulating, nitrate-loving saltwater tank. A bit different than the way I'll do my coral-focused tank. So there's some fun freedom here. 
I've got a great little all-in-one tank to play with. Uh, it's an innovative marine Fusion Lagoon 25. It's a neat little tank with an integrated overflow, a nice wide, shallow footprint, and a you know, nice little DC pump ready to go. And I can swap out my Kessel A80 Tuna Sun, the freshwater light, for that cool Kessel A80 Tuna Blue with a spectral controller that's been just staring at me from the box for over a year. <laughs> Gear. That thing that all reefers just love playing with cool gear i mean just having a simple coral growth capable little light for this idea is motivation enough for the hardcore reefer in me it's like my dna or something it's like can't resist i just can't stay away must execute or can i i mean i should do another brackish tank yeah i should right or maybe not i i don't know it would be so easy to ease back into my saltwater roots with a significantly different approach to saltwater than I've done in like a decade. Bring the whole, you know, tannin philosophy in. Hell, I've been imagining doing a muddy mangrove and coral estuary tank for years, but my coral-focused mindset wouldn't allow it. I never took the time to execute on this idea, being so busy with them as a co-owner of a successful coral propagation and import business. Just didn't have the time. But that was then. And now with this empty tank what seems like the right situation and the idea just bubbling up in my head once again it's becoming irresistible you know time to scratch the itch right and yet yeah my reefing friends my buddies are teasing me a bit with that peer pressure when are you gonna get a tank Feldman? when are you gonna get a real tank when are you gonna have a tank with you know more than a spoonful of salt in it you know that sort of thing that only my fish friends can do so the i you know it, it gets in your head of course the idea i have is really ridiculously simple uh, you know, a deep substrate of, I don't know, nature-based mangal, that the brackish water substrate, mangrove-specific substrate I've been working on for a while, perhaps topped or mixed with some fine aragonite sand, you know, modest water flow, perhaps not even supplementing the return flow from the system pump. Really modest LED writing in the 10 to 14K range for the corals. And the aquarium's situated in a locale which receives more than enough ambient natural light to grow the mangroves. The light would be for the corals. In fact, these mangroves, all they've received for the, almost the last three years that I've had them is natural room-filtered sunlight. And they've grown from small little propagals to beautiful, you know, 18 to 24-inch seedlings, you know, getting, getting there. I think the biggest challenge in this tank would be restraint because it's small, only 25 U.S. gallons, which is squarely in the nano category for a reef tank. I simply can't keep a whole bunch of coral and fishes in it. And the bioload in a modest-sized tank would reflect that. The ecological diversity, however, is where I'm focusing with this one. Coral-wise, I think I'd be focusing on that one or two types of corals that I really love. Ganiopora or Catalophilia, the elegance coral. Wow, that familiar alluring glow of Windex blue LED light and that, you know, reef smell are seared into my psyche. It would be so nice to experience them again, right? Ah, then there's the thing that gets me. Stops the whole fantasy in its tracks. It brings me back from my warm, ignorant, fuzzy bliss into this cold light of reality. I mean, a small aquarium with a relatively aggressive coral, like the two species that I mentioned, are basically self-limiting systems. Or should I say, it requires the hobbyist to, you know, cool his or her jets, as the expression goes. Unless I want to go monospecific with one species, the tank runs the risk of turning into a chemical warfare zone with the super-aggressive you know, catalophilia or ganiopora essentially chemically beating the living shit out of anything else that I put in there to submission. 
that means little in the way of coral diversity if I want to be responsible. And I do, of course. And I'm okay having one species of coral. On the other hand, when you take into account the displacement for substrate, this 25 gallons becomes like, I don't know, maybe 18 to 19 gallons. And it's squarely in the nano marine tank zone. The idea of which has always turned me off. Now, why is that? Not because they're bad. They're not. It's because I'd be too limited to execute the plan the way I want to the way it should be executed in an aquarium with a bunch of different corals and stuff like that. And dealing with a heavy set of ecological factors in a tiny, well-illuminated, not fully equipped reef tank is a recipe for algal blooms and all this stuff, which takes away from the fun of having a unique system in my mind. Now, sure, I mean, I've, you know, I can handle that stuff. I have many times. Algae doesn't phase me. Yet what I can't handle is being so limited and size-restricted. Going in knowingly limited in both scope and equipment is just a bad handicap for an enjoyable reef experience, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it's against my mindset with reefs to go this route. I suppose that it can be argued that it shouldn't be. I mean, tons of successful hobbyists run gorgeous nano reefs and, you know, derive great pleasure from them. They really do. There's some amazing ones out there. But they're not me and I'm not them. And I don't feel like outfitting the crap out of a 25-gallon tank to get the system the way I really liked it. I mean, I know, it's a champagne problem for this little aquarium brat, right? I know. But there is a lesson here. The enormous power and value which self-awareness brings to us as hobbyists. I simply couldn't enjoy this tank in that format because it goes against everything that I previously believed in. I couldn't take this, you know, vanity detour simply because I didn't want to wait until spring as I planned to get my reef on. I mean... That's totally against my patience for philosophy, isn't it? Yeah, seriously, just super lame, low-key stupid, a, a surefire recipe for not having fun and a deviation from patience. Hell, I waited a year and a half to have a real tank again. What's another few months to have the you know crown jewel of my home aquarium collection properly in place? I'm going to have my full-blown coral tank soon enough. And the mangrove-centric marine tank, eh, maybe some other time. It'd still be a really cool idea. I mean, every one of my reefing friends wanted me to do it. And me, you know, Scott Fellman, the once-in-future reefer, the seven-time magna speaker, the coral vendor, the reef world A-lister of the past. What do I want? Well, that's what really matters. And all of that other nonsense? Will I ever get back to that? Of course. Well, at least the practicing reefer part. Who the fuck cares about the celebrity bit? I mean, it was fun, but never was the motivation to do neat things. You know, check the ego part, Fellman. Just check it. Just being a practicing reefer is a lot of fun. But this isn't the time for it. I have a different journey to take. Back to the mangal for me. Yeah, that's where I'm headed. Back to the mangal. The brackish execution is something that is just super important to me. And according to the feedback I've received from our community, to many of you as well, more hobbyists want to learn about this stuff. Brackish is just one of those hobby segments that has simply not gotten the attention it's deserved for many years. And to not proceed with my version 2.0 of my brackish tank would be doing the hobby a bit of a disservice. Yeah, I need to show others how cool and fun this little niche segment of the hobby can be when executed a bit differently. Really, that's how I think. I mean, it sounds a bit arrogant, I suppose, but the reality is that most brackish tanks I've seen for decades are, well, shitty and boring. And as you know, we don't do shitty and boring around here. Now, it's not that I've never done shitty and boring, mind you, but I have no intentions of ever doing that again if I can avoid it. I mean, Tannin was founded on the very idea of doing stuff a bit differently than it's been done in the past. 
about pushing boundaries, poking the metaphorical beehive, and just generally approaching things in unique ways. To not do this is a violation of my own ethos and the founding principles of our company. Our mission statement in our business plan is literally do cool shit. I'm totally serious. And we will do cool shit. And what about the mental detour I took? Uh, you know, several days of scheming, researching, even talking to my fellow reef geeks. It was a good exercise, a great exercise, really. One which pushed me to do that imagineering thing. That's what the Disney used to call it, where they think about ways to execute ideas that formerly were just ideas. And it wasn't a waste of time at all. I enjoyed all of it. And I came really, really close to doing it. I mean, sure, I know that I could have pulled it off. It was not a big deal. But in the end, it wasn't right. It would be abandoning my ideals and principles while engaging in what at best would be a journey into an area that wouldn't have really fulfilled me. Now, there's a lot to be said about the occasional mental detour. I mean, always indulge yourself. Scheme, think through, research, talk about it with friends. But in the end, you have to listen to yourself, to that inner voice, to do what really makes your heart sing. To do anything less is to deny yourself and maybe even others the beauty, the joy, and the inspiration that can only come when intention, ideas, philosophy, and execution sync up. Sure, sometimes you actually will have to take the detour. You may end up loving it and creating something brilliant, or you may be disheartened by it. You never know until you push right to the edge or further sometimes. Ask anyone who's been there before. Yet in this instance, for the reasons that we just talked about and for many more that I haven't even begun to articulate here, I'm staying on my plan. I know that this is where I really want to go with this tank at this time. I know that's where I need and want to be. I hope this little journey into my personal mindset has maybe touched you somehow. Uh, I hope that it brought you value. Maybe perhaps it gave you the courage to move forward on that little detour of yours. Or perhaps it made you rethink and yank you back from the edge. Perhaps it simply made you laugh and be thankful that you're not me. Regardless of how this little discussion touched you today, and I hope that it did, I hope that it taught you the value of listening to yourself in the hobby. Always. Yeah, it's time for that cliched Steve Jobs quote again. I pulled it out here because it's pretty damn applicable in this instance, isn't it? It's that one that says, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. So yeah, stay on task. Stay brave. Stay thoughtful. Stay diligent. Stay creative. Stay patient. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tent and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.